Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. And it is being recorded, actually, on Super Bowl Sunday. I decided, and if you listen to my Friday podcast, I talked about do I want to do the show after the Super Bowl or before the Super Bowl. I chose to do it before. Uh, we're not doing anything crazy in our house, just our family here watching the game. We're going to make pizza. It's going to have... Sit in front of the television, which is rare ever we do that, and um, just have some fun with it. And so I decided, you know what, I don't want to have to deal with a podcast after the Super Bowl. I will talk about whoever wins on Wednesday, but I was like, you know what, let's just focus on some other topic, and let's get this Steeler Nation off to the, let's get your week off to the right start, is what I wanted to say. And that's not talking about the Bengals. That's not talking about the Rams. It's talking about the black and gold. You, Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's what everyone wants to hear. And that's what I'm going to provide for you for the next 30 minutes. So buckle up. Let's get this show on the road. Before we do that, I want to remind everyone behind the steelcurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, as well as our podcast platform, wherever you listen and catch your podcast. And maybe you aren't someone that listens to podcasts. We are everywhere, though. Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, even Pandora, the free version, search podcasts. Anywhere you find your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe or follow, whatever you have to do, so that you get all of our shows, not just my Let's Ride every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning, but Dave Schofield, Stat Geek on Thursday, the live mic with Michael Beck on Tuesdays, all of our PM shows, our noon lineup, which is really great. You don't want to miss it. If you're a diehard Steeler fan, it is awesome. I listen to all of our shows. It's good stuff. So uh, I'm thinking about what to talk about, and I-, I can't stress this enough. I know why the NFL does two weeks in between the regular season and the Super Bowl, but it is arduous. And I have to be honest, I have never experienced a Super Bowl as the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, as a podcaster, never. I've experienced plenty of Steelers Super Bowls. I talked about that on Friday. Go back and listen to that show if you ha- if you missed it. But Never have I done that for two weeks. That had to be, it has to be tough, to be honest with you, because you're literally just beating uh, the same horse over and over and over again. I'm so sick of hearing about Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Matthew Stafford, and it's not that I'm disrespecting these players. They have earned their right to play in the Super Bowl, but I'm just so sick and tired of it, and I'm sick and tired every year that this happens. I was sick and tired of this leading up to a Steelers Super Bowl. I remember after the first week, you're like, man, this is awesome. I can't wait, can't wait. That second week is just so tough to stomach. There's no news. You're getting injury reports. That's about the most news you get. All you're getting are sound bites. Think back to the Steelers like Joey Porter and Jeremy Stevens of the Seahawks leading up to Super Bowl 40 going back and forth. Like That's what you have, and even now – it's just not that much. And so, you know, right before I go on the air, Joe Burrow's walking into SoFi Stadium in a black and gray Panther suit. Just, oh my gosh, just, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. I'm ready for the offseason. I'm going to get that out of the way early. I am ready for the NFL season to be over. We're all on the same playing field, and then we can really hone in and focus on all the things that we need to focus on. But still, the Steelers, they've been done for several weeks now. We know that. 
I feel like it, it, if there's ever a point where the fan base, and this is a struggle for this fan base, for the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base, I feel like if there's ever a point where there should be some hope, it should be now. And no, not hope because the offseason is coming, the new league year is starting, the NFL draft is on the horizon. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there should be hope. And you might be listening to this wherever you listen and thinking to yourself, how in the world can this guy be talking about hope? How can he be talking about hope when there there's no quarterback in line? At least not that we're confident in. This is you know, Ben Roethlisberger's done. How can he be confident in an offense that sputtered throughout the entire season and they bring back the coordinator? How can we be confident in a defense that gave up 40-plus points in the playoffs and they replaced their coordinator in-house? How can we be confident in the fact that there's going to be a turnover a general manager after this year's draft? I understand it. I understand why you might be a little skeptical to be on that hope bandwagon, to kind of be on that hope train and saying, we can have hope. I'm going to give you reasons why you should have some hope during this podcast. And a lot of this is not anything that we can actually see. We won't see it until next season. But that doesn't mean we can't have hope. That's what I love about this time of year. I mean, you think about 30 NFL franchises that are already in offseason, everyone has hope. It's why the NFL draft is such a huge event. Every team has hope. Every fan base is wondering, is this the year we draft that guy at that position that's going to completely change the trajectory of our favorite team for the foreseeable future. That's why everyone loves the draft. It provides hope. And the Steelers fans should have that same amount of hope. Because when you think about it, without hope, what do we have? If you don't have hope, what do you have? And I want you to understand something. When I talk about hope, this is not a short-term thing. This is not me saying that, We as fans should have hope that the Steelers, this offseason, this draft, whatever, are going to be able to turn it around and win a Super Bowl next year. If it happens, awesome. Is anyone going to predict that? Probably not. This is more of a long game hope. Think about the end game, long term. I've talked about it before on multiple shows. This offseason, in my opinion, is ridiculously pivotal. This could be a moment in time where we as fans will look back and say this offseason was when it all when they got it right and everything seemed to turn around or it could be an offseason where we look back and say boy did they swing and miss and this is where things went south that's the type of offseason i feel like the steelers have but it's so much for the trajectory of the franchise of the organization not just Are they going to win games next year in 2022? So I want to make sure that's clear and known before we really dive into some of these reasons for why we should have hope. So where does this hope reside? If I'm going to talk about this, I'm going to break it down for you. Where does this hope actually reside? For me, and this is just me, because I have a camera in front of my face. I'm sorry, I do have a camera, but I have a microphone in front of my face. Where does the hope reside? I'll tell you where. And it starts for me with the new coaches in the front office. This could be a reason why a lot of people do not have a lot of hope. But I always see I'm a half-glass-full kind of guy. Always have been, always will be, especially when we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I look at the fact that you know Kevin Colbert's going to retire. 
Now, whether he stays on in some advisory role, we don't know that yet. But I will know, I do know that the Steelers are going to have to replace the general manager after the 2022 NFL draft. And they have been interviewing a lot of candidates. Everyone from Lewis Riddick, in-house candidates of Omar Khan and Brandon Hunt. Uh, just recently, Spytech from Tampa Bay, uh, who's their VP of personnel. They have been interviewing a lot of candidates. But the new general manager could bring in a new approach. And new does not necessarily mean it's going to be bad. Doesn't always mean it's going to be good either. But I think that the Steelers doing their homework, and especially if they keep Colbert on in some form of role, I think it would be a really good transition. And I think that could be a good thing. I really do. I also go into the coaching staff, the defensive coordinator. Well, we know it's Terrell Austin. The Steelers finally made that official about time. Well, Terrell Austin was a, is a Mike Tomlin hire, and he's given the opportunity now to call his own plays. He and Tomlin are going to work in concert. It's not going to be a situation where everyone thinks, oh, Mike Tomlin is just going to run the show. He's calling the plays. That's not how it works, people. It's not how it works. This is something Mark Caballi of The Athletic said, and I agree 100%, when he talked about how the only time this year he saw Mike Tomlin, and I, I can 100% agree with him, the only time you saw Mike Tomlin with any type of play sheet in his hand was the Baltimore game at M&T Bank Stadium, Week 18, when he and Austin were replacing Butler, who was in the COVID protocol. He had a small, I bet it was like a, an index card size sheet in his hand, and they were probably making the calls together. That's the only time I've ever seen him have that. I guarantee you Mike Tomlin, and, and he says this all the time, he has his hand in every facet of this team. You don't like it? Go talk to other coaches. Go listen to what they do. I guarantee they say the same thing. So I, I think this new defensive coordinator could bring us a couple new wrinkles, and I think it could be a good thing. I did like the hire, the internal hire. Uh, you can call it promotion, whatever. I liked them hiring Terrell Lawson. I thought it was a good move. You look at the offensive line coach. They don't have one. They don't have any, actually. I mean, Chris Morgan went to Chicago, and Adrian Clem has gone to Oregon. They have no one. Everyone's pining for Mike Munchak. I doubt he comes back. He went to Denver for a reason. It was a lateral position. I don't think he's coming back, just so you know. I hate to burst your bubble, but I don't expect Munchak to come back. But there's been rumors that they're talking to Tom Cable, who's a bit is a good offensive line coach. They got to find someone. And they they have to find the right guy. I would love to know and we're probably not going to know this, but I'd love to know if Adrian Clem was a Matt Canada selection or was that a Mike Tomlin selection? Because if Matt Canada, who we know he's coming back, whether you like it or not, sorry, tough luck, he's back. If Matt Canada made that selection, then that's damning on him. But if he didn't get to pick his guy, well, I want to see him bring in his guy then. That's what I want to see. And I want to see what this guy can do, whoever it is. You know, you, there was a, there was an article that ran on Saturday on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I, I always do this after the Super Bowl. I start with my prospect breakdowns for the upcoming NFL draft. And I was trying to find one that I did last year. And uh, I stumbled on the one I did on Najee Harris. So I bring it up, and I'm looking at it. It had 83 comments on it. So I'm looking at the comments, and it was hysterical to see what people were saying about Najee Harris before the 2021 NFL draft. Some were saying he won't be there at 24. That's when the Steelers picked last year. Or he's not worth a first-round pick. Or this guy has too much 
wear on his tires. He's not worth it. Don't take him. It's kind of comical when you look back at it. And so I wrote an article and took some of the takes and put it in there. But one of the takes was really interesting where they said, I think you should draft the running back first and then go after the offensive lineman that you want. And that may sound counterintuitive, but they brought up some really good points about how you want to get the type of running back and then you want the offensive line to match that style. Think about Le'Veon Bell. You didn't need bruisers up front. You needed guys that could just hold their blocks for a couple long, like a little bit longer than normal. Let Le'Veon Bell pick a seam and he's gone. Now, though, with Najee Harris, you might want a different style of, of lineman. And so the Steelers are going to be able to go after now. Just a different line of thinking, but when you think about the offensive line coach, you're you're maybe you're picking someone that meshes with who you have on your team. You're picking the guy that you're hoping is going to mesh with the quarterback, the offensive lineman that you pick up, whether it's in free agency or the draft, and the running back. So maybe that's why they're taking their time, just some food for thought. But also, you know, talk about the new wide receiver coach, uh, Frisman Jackson, and what is he going to be able to do? We know that Ben Roethlisberger was visibly upset at times with the receivers and then, therefore, by proxy, Ike Hilliard. So going to be interesting. I think there's some hope there. Change is always welcome, in my opinion. It doesn't always mean it's going to be good, but I think change can be really, really good for certain things. And when I think you look at, especially the coaching staff, I could see some positives coming. I really do see some positives coming. But that's just the front office and the coaching staff. When we come back after this break, I'm going to start diving into the players. Both players on the roster, players that might not be on the roster yet, and why there's still room for hope there as well. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. fans we're back for the second segment of this let's ride monday podcast hope you had a great weekend hope you enjoyed the super bowl we're going to talk about that on wednesday let's talk about hope within the actual roster we're talking about players that are on the roster right now and i think well the first thing that came to mind as i'm writing down notes for this show the first thing that came to mind was the young players on the team i thought about these young players i mean when you think about players that are really still getting a lot of experience at the NFL level, Najee Harris. I mean, he was a rookie last year, broke some records within the Steelers organization, and he made the Pro Bowl. I, I say all the time, I don't really count it as the same because he wasn't a first pick. He only made it because Joe Mixon was in the Super Bowl. But nonetheless, he made the Pro Bowl as a rookie. Pat Fryermuth, seven touchdowns in his rookie year. If, if there's not a reason for hope, it's not just that Fryermuth had seven touchdowns. We knew that his red zone, I guess you would call it his radius, was ridiculous because we heard about that when he came out of Penn State. But I think also you think about what Fryermuth could become. We've always talked about how could the Steelers get a tight end that is more of a George Kittle, Travis Kelsey type. I think Fryermuth is as close as it gets. Now they called him Baby Gronk in college. I'm not going to go that far. But at the same time, there is a there should be within the fan base a ton of hope with the fact that Pat Fryermuth is on the roster. 
Chase Claypool, still a young player, folks. Keep this in mind. He was not a first-round pick. He was the Steelers' first pick. He was a second-round pick, and he had a great rookie season. And I think we all fall into this trap, myself included, that we got a little too overzealous with predicting what Claypool was going to do in, in his second year. He had a rough year. There's no ifs, ands, or buts around that. He had a rough year. But I think that there should be some hope that he can actually rebound from that and learn from this. And maybe Chase Claypool without Ben Roethlisberger there is going to be able to be a little bit more comfortable. Maybe he has a better rapport with someone like Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. I don't know. I'm not inside that building. But I will say that if there's ever a moment in a wide receiver's career where the game kind of comes up and smacks you in the face and says, hey, wake up call. Maybe you're not as good as you thought you were. To me, for Chase Claypool, that was 2021. Whether it was the idiotic comment about playing music at practice, whether it was the pointing the ball for a first down against Minnesota on Thursday Night Football, could go on. I could go on with other plays and different moments of the season. Claypool's going to have to improve, but there's hope that he can because he still does possess a tremendous skill set. Alex Highsmith? Had six sacks this season, coming off a great year. Now, was it as good as we all hoped? No. You think about when TJ Watt gets 22 and a half, you're hoping Alex should get a couple more than that, at least closer to double digits, but TJ Watt's at a different level. And sometimes if you watch the film, he just got there first. (laughs) That sounds crazy, but he just got there first. Highsmith had beaten his defender, but TJ Watt's just that kind of player. Defensive player of the year. How awesome is that? And so you think about Highsmith still developing. I think that he's on a really good trajectory for his third year. A lot of hope there with him. Kevin Dotson, still a young player, 2020 pick, just like Claypool, just like Highsmith. Still a young player learning, figuring things out. My hope for Dotson this offseason is that he doesn't have some of the reports surrounding him the reports of they're not happy with him, the reports that he's maybe not in the best shape, whatever. If he can have an offseason where he just kind of goes away, and I don't mean away as in he's not going to come back. I mean that he isn't on social media. He's not causing any waves or any. he's not ruffling any feathers. That's the kind of offseason Kevin Dotson needs to have. Show up in 2022 meeting business and ready to put your best foot forward because I think that he could be a Pro Bowl player if he stays healthy and he can get his head on straight and he can get along with the organization, whoever, if he doesn't get along with anyone. He just has got to get it all, put it all together. That's what Kevin Dotson has to do. Even Deontay Johnson, he's another Pro Bowler. Same position as Najee Harris. When you think about Najee Harris, you're talking about, you know, that guy that was an alternate. That's DJ. That's Deontay Johnson. But Deontay Johnson's entering the last year of his rookie contract, had over 1,000 yards receiving this past year. I want to see what he can do without Ben Roethlisberger. We know that Ben Roethlisberger had a tendency to kind of target a, a receiver, and that was his go-to guy. It was Antonio Brown when he was in Pittsburgh, and clearly it was Deontay Johnson in the waning years of Roethlisberger's career. Now, with a new quarterback, can he duplicate that success? Can he hold on to the football in big moments? You know, I was talking with Dave Schofield, and he, if you listened to his Stat Geek on Thursday last week, if you didn't, go check it out. Really good episode where he talked about drop rates and how Deontay Johnson had one of the better drop rates, not just this year, but over his career. And it's because Deontay Johnson's drops are sometimes blatant. They're not really contested catches. They're the 
the drops where he's on a slant and there's no one around him and he just it, it hits him right in the hands. It's not a bad throw, and he just drops it. Deontay Johnson eliminating that from his game. It'll go a long way towards not just the hope for the fan base, but also him getting a second contract. And when you look at the receivers the Steelers have had, unless you want to count Juju's one-year deal riddled with, with, with that had voided years in it, he's the only recent – it hasn't happened since Antonio Brown that a receiver for the Steelers got a second contract. James Washington's not getting a second contract. If you had to guess if Chase Claypool keeps going this way, is he going to get a second contract? So you got to think about it that way. But Deontay Johnson's a reason for hope. I also look at Devin Bush. Devin Bush had a rough year. I felt like he improved as the season went on. And I I have to have hope. I have to have hope. People, you got to understand me here. You might not like what you saw from Devin Bush, but you have to hope that he gets back to where he was prior to the knee injury, that he trusts his leg, that he trusts his knee, and that he goes out there and is able to be what he was prior to the injury. Because if he isn't, boy, this team is in trouble. And when I say they're in trouble, I don't think they're, you know, don't think they're going to lose games necessarily, but you traded up 10 spots to get this guy. You, you need him to pan out. You need him to stick around. You need him to prove his worth and get a second contract with the organization. Dan Moore Jr. is another player that I want to make, make sure I focus on because I thought he had a tremendous rookie season. And I don't know what fans expect. Do you expect, like, do you expect a rookie that was drafted in the fourth round to come in and be like Joe Thomas just right off the bat. If you do, you might know something that I don't, but I think about people that react that way and expect those type of results. I think you're a little batty, to be honest. I do. You have these expectations these players can never meet. They can never meet them. So I look at Dan Moore, and he played a tremendous amount of football this year. I think he missed one game due to that ankle injury. He was great. For a rookie fourth-round pick who had to go up against some premier pass rushers, he did a great job. And I expect him to get better, and that's why there's hope. Dan Moore, I think, could play both right or left. But why would you move him off the left spot? Was he that bad? He had his moments. So did the rest of the offensive line. I am am very hopeful in Dan Moore Jr. I'll tell you else I'm I'm hopeful, and this is going to kind of bleed into the next grouping of, of players, is Kendrick Green. I tweeted this out uh, over the weekend. I was sitting there and I was I was looking at players. You know, I have a Twitter list of, of Steelers players, and this was a couple weeks ago. But Kendrick Green had just put out there. In I guess he's still living in Pittsburgh, or maybe he's back in in Illinois. I'm not sure. And he basically said like, "Hey, does anyone know a good tailor? You know, he wanted to get something fixed or maybe adjusted, whatever. I didn't, he didn't specify. And I looked at the comments." And there are all these people that are like, maybe you should just play better, blah, blah, blah. First and foremost, don't be a flipping jerk, okay? Do you want to, let, let's see you go out there and do that. All right, so that's first thing. Second thing, this guy's going out there and doing the best that he can. He, it's not his fault the Steelers drafted him in the third round. It's not his fault that the Steelers had no other center that could take the job from him. He went out there and did the best that he could. And I have hope that Kendrick Green is going to be a mainstay on that line. Hope. I have hope. I'm not predicting that he will, but I have hope that he will be. And that goes into the next grouping. The improvement of players. 
We have to have hope that these players can continue to get better. And that's even players like Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth, who are rookies, who had great rookie seasons. You want to see them get even better. But I talked about Kendrick Green. It was a great comment on my tweet that I put out there about Kendrick Green. I said, if there's one player that deserves to tell the fan base that completely rips him to shreds week in and week out to shut the you-know-what up, it's him. And someone commented and said, it's funny, we're okay to give a rookie quarterback a break, but we're not willing to give a rookie center a break. And even a guy that was playing out of position. Let me reiterate what I said. It's not his fault the Steelers took him in the third. It's not his fault the Steelers drafted him as a center when he only played four games there his senior year. That's not his fault. And so in that regard, he went out and did the best that he could, and I think we all need to give him a a chance to prove his worth. If he doesn't do it, then that's on him. But as of right now, let's see what this guy can do. He's working out with Marquise Pouncey. That tells me something both that Pouncey's willing to work with him and the fact that he is choosing to work with him. He didn't have to. He could have sat there and said, you know, I'm good. I'm just going to go back to Illinois, or I'm going to stay in Pittsburgh. I'm just going to train. Now, he went out, whether he sought out Pouncey, I don't know. That's noteworthy. I hope he improves. Devin Bush talked about him. You have to hope for the improvement there of that confidence in the knee, confidence in his ability. You started to see him coming on towards the end. But you listen to Jeffrey Benedict in the uh, Cutting Room Floor podcast. If you listen to the Here We Go show with Brian Anthony Davis and Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith talks about this as well. Devin Bush is an undersized linebacker that needs a defensive line to do their job. You cannot let offensive linemen get to Devin Bush. Ryan Shazier was the same way. If if linemen got to Shazier, he was getting gobbled up. They need to have help there on the, in, on the inside, in the interior, whether it's with another linebacker or someone they think can do it on the roster, like a Buddy Johnson. I'm not sure. But still, Devin Bush, you got to hope he gets better. You got to hope that Mason Rudolph gets better. And I, I, I'm not a Mason Rudolph basher. I think he has his limitations. I do have some concerns. Do I think he's going to be the quarterback in 2022? Yes, I absolutely do think that. But I think that we all have to hope that Mason Rudolph can improve his game. What we've seen so far is everyone saying the same thing. Yeah, he might be able to get you to the playoffs, but he's not winning you a championship. Well, I hope he's hearing this because there's only one person that can change the narrative, and that's Mason Rudolph. Got to get better. Kevin Dotson. There's room for improvement there. Everyone says that he's the best offensive lineman they have. That's great, but is that more of a damning statement of the roster? Kevin Dotson's a good lineman, but there's room for improvement. And lastly, Chase Claypool talked about the issues he had, the wake-up call that was 2021. If this kid, and I say kid because he is still a kid, can get his head on straight, can figure things out from a professional, being a professional standpoint, then I absolutely think that he could be a dynamic playmaker. And I also think that whenever you're talking about the receivers, whether it's Claypool, whether it's Juju, whether it's Deontay Johnson, heck, even James Washington, who's going to be leaving and going somewhere else. With the new quarterback, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle things. With a new quarterback, you have to ask yourself, was Ben Roethlisberger not willing to throw those passes that were Chase Claypool's bread and butter? And if so... Will the next quarterback be able to hit those passes and maybe we'll see Chase Claypool right back where he was in 2020? Just saying, something to think about. The last thing that gives me hope for the Steelers is 
the players yet to come. Yes, the players that we don't know. The players that aren't here yet. Whether it's free agency, whether it's through the draft, it doesn't matter. Positions like quarterback. Are they going to bring in a quarterback? Are they going to draft one? I don't know. But that's going to be something to watch. That gives me hope. Wide receiver position. Boy, that cover's getting bare. If Juju Smith-Schuster leaves, James Washington leaves, Ray-Ray McLeod leaves, what do you have? Chase and DJ, you got to add to that cupboard. That gives me hope. Bring in some new blood. Get a veteran. Cornerback, Joe Hayden, Akello Witherspoon. Free agents, they coming back? Don't know. Got to add to that cupboard, like I said, with the wide receivers. That gives me hope. The inside linebacker position, they need to add someone, or they bring back Joe Schobert. Not so sold on Schobert being the answer. But they got to bring in someone. They have to identify that along with the defensive line. Same. We talk about the offensive line a lot. They need to really look at that and see what kind of what direction do they want to go in. Safety if Terrell Edmonds leaves. And then the rookies. They've been able to get impact rookies the last few years. 2020, yeah. Chase Claypool had an impact his rookie year. Kevin Dotson did as well. Alex Highsmith, sort of. Last year, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, Dan Moore Jr. Yeah, impact rookies. That's what I'm, I'm anxious for that. I'm, I'm hopeful for that. What it comes down to is that when you talk about hope, whatever you're talking about, in this case, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, it comes from two things, trust and faith. You have to trust that the team, in this case, that the team is going to go out there and make good decisions. They're going to spend their money wisely. They're going to make good free agent acquisitions. You got to have faith that they're going to make the right moves within the draft. Thinking about both the short term and the long term. Not reaching on a player just because they need a quarterback. But doing the right thing. And this is the one aspect. Trust and faith. That's what hope stems from. A lot of fans struggle with that. They struggle with having faith in the organization and trusting that they're going to make the right moves. And maybe it's because they feel like they could do better. I get it. We've all been there. But at the same time, we're not there. And so to have hope, to have that sense of maybe the future is actually brighter than we thought, you got to have that trust and that faith. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a great offseason. I have a good feeling about this offseason. I really do. I really do. And we at Behind the Steel Curtain, are going to be with you every step of the way, both on the podcast platform and at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. If you just stumbled upon this podcast, I hope you stick with us. Stick with us through all of it, because we're going to break it down every which way and sideways. I I just I can't tell you enough how happy I am for the podcasts that we have, the podcasters, the articles that we provide, the staff that I have to work with. They are tremendous. I mean, they are the best the best, no doubt about it. So hope you're with us. My ride or die crew is always with me. And I want to make sure that you know, if you ever want to extend this conversation, all you got to do is follow me on Twitter at J Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Hit me up. Be glad to talk with you about whatever it is. It's maybe on your mind. If you got an idea for a topic you want me to dive into, hit me up on Twitter. Also make sure on Tuesday, you're checking me out for that mailbag tweet so that you can get me uh, that question for the mailbag segment on Wednesday. All right, folks, I hope you had a great weekend. Hope this helps you get your Monday off on the right direction. It's going to be a good week. It's going to be a good off season. I feel it. But as we always finish it out here, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Wednesday. My kids are
past every night Sipping coffee, burning all till the morning light 